Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Wealth, Career, and Relationships. Thank you again for joining me. My, I'm your host, Z. I am very excited. Today, I have a very good friend of mine. Uh, his name is Salatiel. I haven't uh, had a chance to chat with him in a while. So we go way back with him since our days in high school. So uh, this is going to be a great one. We will be continuing with our series on the African diaspora. Uh, today, we will specifically be dealing with the biggest obstacle to the economic advancement of Africa. Uh, and I, I found he would be the perfect person to deal with this. Uh, so we will definitely talk about this. So I'm really excited uh, when I know we've got good stuff going. Uh, welcome to the show and thank you for coming and joining us today, man. King Z, thank you for having me. It's thank always you. a pleasure to, to reconnect. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I know it's, it's a pleasure because I was like, you know what? I know this topic, you will be the perfect person to discuss it. So yeah, I got a couple of questions we're going to go through and just have a conversation from there. So of course, uh, the, the listeners don't know uh, who you are. So just tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, where you're from and what you studied and what you're currently working on, just to kind of give our uh, listeners a bit of a background. Well, thank you. Thank you. As I said, it's a pleasure to be here. My name is Salatiel Hakirutimana. I am Burundian. I hold a Bachelor of Science degree in electrical engineering, so I'm not an expert in economics, but I guess maybe you invited me because I'm extremely passionate about, about, about African development, and I think Definitely. you and I have a big role uh, to play. Currently, I'm the marketing and sales operations rep. It's a management role uh, in Caterpillar covering Northwest and Central Africa. And I'm based out of Abidjan and Ivory Coast. Definitely. That's wonderful. Yeah, that's really why I, I chose you for this uh, specific section of the, the, the African diaspora, because I know how passionate we are about uh, the continent and you having worked all over the world and now in the continent. It's something that will have a very good uh, connection and experience because sometimes it's easy to read about uh, challenges Africa may be facing, but to experience them and to be someone of African descent who has learned from all, all over the world and is now working there you have the hands-on experiences that we can share with the listeners. So I'm really excited for this one. Uh, so just getting right into it, to be honest, uh, from your viewpoint, like I said, from your experiences, what is the biggest challenge or maybe challenges, if you have a couple of them, that you you, you find that uh, it's facing Africa and Africans as a whole? Yeah, so I think uh, I have a couple of them. I think some of the challenges that have been holding us back as a continent include first uh, education and, and the quality of education. Definitely. For quite some time, with schools producing an, a, an, education, an educated workforce that quite can't do the, the stuff they've learned in school. Yeah. You know, People are developing, you know, are, are learning in the theoretical manner, developing a lot of theories that they can actually apply in real life. You'll meet, so you'll be surprised to meet someone who's, who's graduated from college and can't write a proper job, uh, you know, job application letter. And, and, I'm, and I'm just uh, using that as a simple example. Yeah. But you find such cases in many in, in many domains where people have actually learned something, but they can't apply it to real life. So education for me is the first challenge. The second challenge or, or, or limitation has been the lack of infrastructure. 
And I don't just mean infrastructure in the sense of hard physical infrastructure, but also soft infrastructures in terms of services, educational systems, healthcare systems. And all of that limit our ability to produce yeah. because we don't have well-educated capable people that can set up business and produce locally, but we also don't have infra the infrastructure they need. Like even those who would be competent, because I mean, we can't generalize here, even, even with the not so uh, ideal learning environment, there are still those who are brilliant, who work hard and, and, and they learn their stuff and they can do it in real life, but the lack of infrastructure adds to that limit. And so we end up in a situation where we have so many young people who are capable, are looking for an opportunity to do work, but the opportunity isn't there. We're not creating enough jobs. And uh, yeah, it limits the pace at which we can accelerate our economic development. That is so true. And I like the point you are mentioning about not just uh, tangible infrastructural development, not just roads, bridges, but even the networks that you need. And even just looking at the borders themselves. So uh, the, the one thing I've always realized, it's so expensive to travel within Africa. It's so expensive to do business within Africa among Africans. Like, because that is, that is something that I've seen has been a big, big challenge in that just to go from, even from myself, just to go from, even from Lesotho to South Africa, I need some form of documentation and some form of visa. And to go from uh, Lesotho or South Africa to go to Nigeria, to go to Kenya, it is so difficult because we don't have just free trade, free, free movement of goods. Although I, I know they have been trying to, to, to develop a few things, uh, even I think the West African region wanted to develop their own currency, which is a step in the right direction, but we need a lot more free movement and free networks and as someone who works for a, a global organization that you move quite a bit uh, what have been some of the infrastructural challenges that you have seen you are facing as you do business in different parts of the continent you know i think uh, one of them is um i, I think the, the the borders you that, that you just mentioned those uh uh, those barriers, the, 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 those barriers, the the the, the visas, yeah, uh, the uh, the logistical barriers. I mean, in some countries, it takes weeks to clear some things, if not even months, exactly. to clear something. Customs, and that's and that limits business. But to go back to your point about being able to move, yeah, it's difficult now. Uh, to to be fair, we're seeing some really good you know, steps in the right direction. With the East African community, for example, I now have an East African passport that allows me to move to any of the East African countries without seeking a visa. And I can set up a business, I can move my goods within the region fairly freely, you know? Yeah. So, so that's really moving. I mean, the East African community is moving in, in the right direction in that, in that regard. Yeah. With the African continental free trade, agreement. I think we are also moving in the right step. It hasn't been implemented in all countries, but some countries are really taking some bold steps forward, Rwanda, Kenya. That's good. However, this is coming too late. You know, we've had situations where in some countries, you it will, it will take you weeks to clear something that you were hoping to sell within, you know, within two or three days. Two or three and days, so yeah. I think 
we need our leaders to really be even bolder. You know, there's some really good, you know, good, good, good step being taken. We need them to be, uh, to be, to be bolder. But back to the soft, you know, the soft infrastructure. You know, we need those, uh, those, uh, those, those networks. I mean, the the, the logistical networks. Yeah. The, the, you know, the world is not talking about the fourth industrial revolution, which yeah. is primarily based on the digital capabilities of nations. And so we need to jump on that bandwagon, have the fiber networks that we need yeah. for folks to learn about the latest technology. And most importantly, uh, you and I, uh, as you know, as folks who are lucky to understand these trends happening around the world, we need to figure out how to put them to use in our, in our own countries, on our own continent. Well, exactly. And it's so good that you mentioned that because uh, as the diaspora, that's the, the, the point I was going to get to that. Uh, what is our role? Because sometimes, yes, everything, every solution starts with a conversation. We uncover what the problem is, but then we have to take steps to implement. What are some of the things or the role that you think we can play as the diaspora? People who have gone out of, out of Africa and learned these systems, learned certain things to try and implement back home and try and help the continent i think that is uh, something that we're going to discuss as well but before we get to that question because that will be the question we're going to discuss next i wanted to, to ask you something that i personally have found to be one of the biggest challenges which is corruption like to me the biggest thing that i see happening for most of this is people will come up with brilliant ideas but you will find that people at the top sometimes they are so corrupt that they stop things from happening just because they need you to give them a bribe have you seen or experienced or observed that as a problem in some of the african countries that you have moved around for sure that's a challenge it's a challenge you know i'll tell you uh, about a, a a personal experience where I needed a document, I'm not going to name names, Definitely. but I need a document that could have been signed within minutes, within seconds. Yeah. The gentleman got the document, it was at their desk, but, you know, they didn't have anybody to, you know, they, they were, it's, it, it wasn't, it's not like they were too busy. Yeah. They took my document, which you're supposed to sign and give, give back to me, Yeah. put it in in their in their suit in, in their in the, in their bag, went home for the weekend and told wow. me come back to now and you wow. get your back, you know. Now I talked to folks in, in his office and they said he wants you to you know to to do something. They were like, what should I do? I yeah. pay the fees. I pay the fees that yeah. I'm supposed to, to pay, yeah, the, the correct fees, yeah. Signing the document. Luckily, you know, I knew some folks in the office who went spoke to him and say, you know, uh, please help this person. You know, they, 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 they need to travel, they need their documents and so on and so yeah. forth. You find that, uh, you know, qu quite a lot, but I also applaud uh, some steps being taken. I'll tell you, in my country, our new president is yeah. uh, being very, is taking this issue very, very seriously. Yeah. And I want to acknowledge these positive steps. I know that the challenge is definitely there and it's daunting. But for a long time, we tend to focus on the negative aspects and they kind of cloud, you know, so the positive that's happening. Yeah. 
steps being taken that should encourage folks like you and I to be on this continent. Definitely. You know, when, of course, when it's the right time for each one of us. And so I would say those steps that we've started to see in my country, I mean, the president, if, if, if he learns about somebody who's taken a bribe, he will take his phone call and call them right away. Within 48 hours, you, you hear they are in jail. And so that has been really good to see. Yeah, to try and do like that, yeah. Definitely, you know, yeah. And, and I will tell you, because of that, a couple of months ago, I was in Burundi. I went to a, 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 a police office to, 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 to get a document. And then the police officer said, you know, he literally told me, if you were, if you came a couple of years ago, I would have asked you for something, but I can't ask you. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, because, you, you know, corruption, we're trying to root it out. You know? Yeah. So, no, that, yeah, that's, so that's really good. Corruption is a challenge. It's still quite alive in many parts of this continent. It is hindering us, you know, but... I think we're still seeing some some moves in the right direction. And if you'd really capitalize on that, yeah. I, I think, you know, I, I hope our president is not doing this because he's a new president. I hope he continues moving in that direction and we see some good results in terms of the changes in the climate in, in, in the in the in the business climate and so on and so forth. Well, exactly. And 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 like I said, for, for our listeners everywhere in the world, we are not even seeing other countries there is no corruption or whatever the case. We understand corruption is everywhere. And but I think be, speaking from an African perspective, from what I have, have, have experienced, I have seen that uh, it is a huge uh, challenge, especially for people in power. And the biggest reason it is, is because I feel like in most African countries, uh, people go into power to enrich themselves, not because they are patriotic and they want to advance the, the, the country that they are trying to rule. They're just trying to go there to get as much wealth as they can for themselves. But we have to have a, a mindset change. And it has to start with us. Yes, the, the president prime minister ministers they have to change as well they have to love their country that much but we as individuals we also have to understand you know what i have to love my country and do the best that i can do right and it moves on to 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 my to my second point in that uh what are some of the things that you feel that we as the diaspora and people who are not even in the diaspora can do to try and help in the advancement of of our continent that's a good question and i think it's a timely question given <laughs> Our, our 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 position in 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 the African or countries diaspora. Yeah. You know we've been so lucky to travel around the world to learn and 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 work around the world, and with all the lessons learned, we have a lot we can bring back. Definitely. And so I think. As members of the diaspora, we've got to figure out ways to help find and bring solutions to the problems faced in our in our communities. Yeah. You know, I've seen a lot, of, I have a lot of good friends, really good people, but for whom, you know, you know, their, their countries are too troublesome to, 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 to go back. To go back to, yeah. And, 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 and I think, you know, and I think that's counter to the role we should be playing. You know, I'm, 
I mean, I can't, I'm not going to underestimate the challenges and issues in my country. You know, there are no dollars. Exactly. Simple yeah. as that right now, yeah. you know, you, you know, for you to import something, it would take you, I mean, you, you work really hard to find the dollars. Yeah. But I think we should be the one coming, you know, to establish companies to produce things that we will export at the right global standards so that we can export to go make dollars out of China, yeah. Asia, and Europe, and North America, bring them back to our countries, develop our countries, create jobs, good paying jobs, and then make sure Africa is an active participant to the global trade and, and economy. You know, yeah. otherwise, if we don't take those steps, the folks we left back are most likely quite limited. They don't they don't have the capital, the know-how. Right, they exactly. Know it's challenging to set to set up companies, the infrastructure, yeah. Institutions that will take our countries and our continent uh, you know forward. That is so true. And that's a, that's such a good point because you, you realize that I like when you said we have to go back and establish uh, resources, companies, create jobs, because right now the other uh, focus that you see, especially countries like China and Europe back then in America, they, they, they have a plan for Africa. They, they come and they, they, they be like, this is, this is, this is heaven for us. There are natural resources. We can just come and plunder. And it's time we as Africans have a plan for Africa. It can't just be other, other countries are having a plan for us. Because, of course, they will come with their mindset of what will benefit us as foreigners if we go to Africa. But if we already have a plan established, and that's where uh, it's so important for us to root, uproot corruption, because then when they come and they want to set up a company, we, we have strict regulations as to okay these are the things you you gotta do if you want to establish a business here and we as africans we have to be like you know what let us start producing ourselves for our people instead of always hoping that there'll be someone from overseas who will come here and save us you know what i mean yeah you know you, you make an important point about the soft infrastructure we're talking about the rules yeah. and regulations the you know, the kind of guides the way business is done, the way, intra, you know, transactions are conducted and, and regulated in the countries. You know, I think, and, 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 and you know, these are, these are things that need to be developed. Yeah. But to some extent, I feel like even the diaspora has an important role to play for this soft infrastructure to be put in place. Mm -hmm. Because for some reasons, colonial and others, our countries had been stuck in, you know, in ethnic and tribal divisions and wars for so long. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have enough time to focus on the development of the soft infrastructure, the hard infrastructure. And oftentimes you have folks in positions of power who don't even understand how the world works. Exactly. That's the biggest problem. And I like what you touched on about colonialism. There was so, going, yeah, I get to that. Just to kind of finish this point. So we need the folk, the, the well-educated members of our diaspora to come back and help our our leaders understand now 
we don't all need to go back and seek a job and be a minister and or be a senior leader in the government. No, I don't think so. We can even do this from where we are today. Exactly. Let's just, you, you could go back, you, you, you help organize a forum, you discuss with young leaders how you understand the world. It will change their view of the world. It will change the decisions they make. You know, you know I, I set up an organization called Youth Globe, yeah. which we, who, whose vision has been to, 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 to inspire a generation of well-informed, enterprising, and responsible young Burundian leaders. Yeah. And, you know, we organized, we, we provided training and, you know, with local leaders, business leaders, and, 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 and lecturers from the local universities, but also with folks from outside. And what some of our participants our trainees have gone on to do has been quite impressive. You know, some of them came in not even knowing what a business plan was, even though they wanted to set up, they badly wanted to set up a business. And today, some of those participants have gone on to set, to, to, to write, you know, award-winning, you know, business plans, get some uh, some capital from the Tony Elumeru Foundation or other finance organizations set up their businesses, create jobs and do well for them themselves, create jobs and do good in the community. And so, you know, for me, that goes back to your question about the role that we as members of the diaspora should, should play. The role is to really take the lessons we're learning back to help strengthen the local communities. And the more folks get better educated and better informed and the internet and social media are helping us are really in, in our favor, we can point to this and that happening in this country, they go on social media and find some information about it. And so exactly. when we leverage that, we can help transform the, you know, the, the, the local communities we, we, we're from. And by doing so, shape what the leaders will be thinking and the decisions that they will uh, subsequently make. Yeah, no, you're definitely spot on. And it is so true because I know, like you mentioned earlier on, that there are certain people who are like, well, I definitely still love the continent, but based on the situation in my current country right now, I cannot go back, which is understandable. But you've touched on a very important point that uh, being patriotic doesn't necessarily mean you have to live in the country you were born, but you can still give back to that country. You can still give back to that to that continent. So that is something that even people who don't live in Africa, but are African and have African descent, they can go back and create empowerment, infra, soft infrastructure and, and, and empower the people. Because the biggest thing that I, I know we have to play a role in is a mindset shift of our young people that listen, this is how the world is moving. This is how the world goes. You as an African, you have enough talent, you are more than enough. And then set up the resources for them to showcase uh, the talents that they have. So that, that's really a very good point you mentioned. Now, the other thing is because I always like to go back into context when I do these talks, uh, some of the challenges that we discussed, do you think uh, colonialism played any part in some of those issues? And if so, can you, can you kind of touch on a little bit on those as well? Because it's always good to, to get context that, okay, how come Africa has so many problems? Some of, some of the problems definitely are self-inflicted, but let's get some context as to uh, what role colonialism, if any at all, it played. 
Look, you know, of course, colonialism played a role. I mean, when when I look at the wars that that happened in my country for so long, yeah, it's because somebody came with some, uh, you know, psychologists and uh, I don't know with a you know a, a number of experts, and they they convinced us that we were Hutus and Tutsi and and couldn't work together to develop well, our exactly. country. Yeah. Of course, they were devising things so that it would be easier for them to to conquer, you know, divide and conquer. Do. Correct, and, and and that has happened in many African countries. Definitely. However, man, I'm I'm in the camp that believes that it, you know colonialism is is behind us. When you look at the Asian countries, yeah, they were also colonized. Definitely. Now. We can argue all day long about the geopolitical conditions in which our countries are, and, and so some have access to the seas, and as some of our countries are, do not have access to the sea, some had some strategic, you know, advantages by aligning with the, you know, with the U.S. versus the communists, and blah 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 blah. There, there are a lot of reasons you could give as to the reasons why, you know, for example, Singapore, South Korea, Taiwan have developed. Yeah. However, yeah. I think you and I will agree, Lee Kuan Yew was a great leader. At a time when many African leaders were supporting the colonial thinking yeah. and, and dividing their own people to their own short-term benefits. Exactly. The short-term benefits is the issue. Lee Kuan Yew was uniting his people and saying, I don't care how you look, where you're from, you are Singaporean, and that's all that matters to me. I'll create an opportunity for you, like I will for those folks in my own ethnic group. And that's the kind of leaders we have not had on this continent. You're spot on right there. So, now... We've got to acknowledge history that colonialism had a very negative impact on us, on our economies, on our ability to develop solid educational systems and infrastructures and so on and so forth. But we've also got to own our responsibility of allowing colonialism to keep controlling us for so long. Exactly. What, you know, why did our leaders think it was okay to perpetuate the, that colonial thinking and treat their own people, in some cases, like second-class citizens yeah. and prevent them from getting access to education? In my own country, at some point, you know, you, you didn't have ac- access to education if, if you didn't come from the right, uh, the right ethnic group. And, and, and when those leaders were making those decisions, they didn't, I don't know what they were thinking because didn't they realize that they were preventing the their own people in a way. Producers to, yeah. to the, the producers that our economy will need from having the skills they will need to produce the, the, the things that we need. You know? Well, exactly. No, you are, point, you, are, you are spot on there because 
uh, like you said, we do have to acknowledge this. It's like slavery. You can't just say, oh, but it happened 400 years ago, so get over it. No, because oh. they, they definitely are consequences that we are still suffering from slavery now because there was this, after slavery, they came Jim Crow. Black people were not allowed to, to learn. So there are certain things that, and then if, if you're not allowed to learn, you, you can't get Correct. education. So you, they didn't go to school. They didn't go to school. You can't get land, but if, if you were white, your great-great-grandparents owned land. They owned buildings. Land appreciates over time they pass it on a lot so definitely slavery colonialism did play a part so definitely we have to acknowledge that but i also like what you see we cannot just focus on that right now this moment we as africans we cannot blame colonialism for what we are doing right this moment as of right now we do have to love our people put ourselves first and love our countries to a point where we are like you know what we have to prioritize the development of Africa. And what can we do from this point on? Yes, we might not have started where the world started, but you gave a great example of Asian countries. Even China, I know China might be controversial for some people with different things that are going on, but they decided to be like, you know what, we will do it our own way and try to lift our people out of poverty instead of always just blaming what happened to us. So it's the same mindset that we have to have that you can continue to blame what happened. Even though it did impact you, there has to come a point where you're like, you know what, we have to have that mindset shift. We have to be people who love our country that much that we will sacrifice the short-term benefits of bribery, trying to stop people from succeeding and just prioritize our people. Correct. Correct. Yeah. You know, we shouldn't, we, we shouldn't waste our time, you know, focusing on how you know, colonialism doesn't, you know, is still limiting us. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, we should clearly record what happened in the history books. Oh, definitely. So we don't repeat it. Yeah. We, we fully understand our history and it doesn't repeat itself. Exactly. We should educate our future, our current and future leaders about what happened. Yeah? So that all of us understand where we are coming from. However, as leaders, and I know you and I are, all that our people need, our stakeholders, our, our shareholders, our communities, they need solutions to the programs. Definitely. You can, come, you can come to folks who are hungry and tell them, you know what, I can't find you food today because we were colonized 50 years ago. That is you know, spot on. Exactly. Not, man, that, that won't fly. Yeah, no one wants to hear that. Is, I want, I want my leader to come to me and say, you know what, we were colonized, that slowed us down, it limited us in many ways, but you know what, we stood up, they thought we were, you know, we're not going to come back, come back up again, but no, they were wrong, exactly. we, did, we did A, B, C and D, and we're back up. We are now back on the road towards the uh, the economy the economy that we need. Uh, this you know the the the, the, the conditions the the, the the that we need for our families, our communities, and our countries. That is so true. Yeah, and I think that answers the question I was going to ask you regarding what we can do and our governments can do. We have to stop feeling sorry for ourselves and be like, you know what, let's get back up and start working. This thing of just being like, oi. But I think, again, it it, it does start with a mindset shift and being patriotic and 
completely understanding that you cannot just be short-sighted as a leader. It can't just be, let me do what's going to benefit me today and it ends there. You have to think, what can I do that will outlive me and the generation that comes after me? How can I advance my community? Yeah, but I think moving on to the next one here as we are rounding off. Let me just make one more. more Go ahead, definitely. On on, on the role that leaders must play. You know, for for a long time, some of our leaders have only thought about they are small tribal or ethnic groups. Definitely. They, they didn't, I don't think they appreciated that if you put someone down for so long, somehow those, you know, those tough conditions, we, we train them to, you know, to not only bear them, but overcome those conditions and, 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 and they will create a cycle of violence Exactly, Wait, because then when they get up them for quite some time, they get up and they come and try to harm you again. And so you're in a cycle of violence. It doesn't allow folks to really, you know, spend enough time training themselves, building the infrastructure, developing their communities. So what we need today, I'll be very pleased to see African leaders, you know, saying, you know what, history is what it is. We are not going to change it but let's learn from it. We cannot continue dividing our own people because the moment we do that, we set ourselves, all of us collectively back. And make no mistake, any, an issue in one African country is a challenge in, in, in all countries now. It's not going to affect everybody on the continent directly the same way, but indirectly, if you have people fleeing from you know, the DRC, those folks are gonna to come to Burundi, they're going to go to Rwanda and Tanzania and Zambia. Well, Some exactly. of them will get to Lesotho, my friend. 100%. You know? And so we need our leaders to really do away with those old ways of thinking that you would be okay just getting this couple of million of dollars for yourself in, you know, in, the, in, in tax havens and realize that when you do well and your people, when you help your people do well in return, you do so much better in the long term, you know? Because yes, not only will they take good care of, your, of you, even you know, long after your retirement, you get a dignified exit from this life. Now, I don't wanna, I don't wanna go too far into the exits, but you live a happy life. I mean, look at all the f- former, all powerful leaders, Idi Amin Dada, Mobutu Sese Koko Kungwendo, Zabanga Marshal. Where are they? Exactly. And they're not, they're not even authorized to be, to right? be buried in their own Because it's hard, yeah. Isn't it's, that you that's know? terrible, exactly. No, you, you are right. You are definitely spot on. And it, it is that mindset shift that, you know what, we have to understand what we are doing now, it's going to impact all of Africa. That's why I'm such a big believer in breaking down even the, uh, like what we're saying, the soft barriers to be able to have, in my opinion, and I believe we should have one African passport. We should be able to make an agenda for Africa so that we, we present a united front to the world. We don't need to have these barriers within ourselves because even the, 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 not just the physical barriers, even the mental barriers, because that's what causes xenophobia to begin with. You realize that 
when you are fighting people who just because they are not from your same tribe or the same country, but they are still African, you're bringing down the whole continent. What you do here has a ripple effect in other countries, like what you were talking about. If someone, as an example, if someone flees from DRC, they're going to end up in Burundi, they're going to end up in the Sudan, they're going to end up in Kenya. And that creates a cycle. And what's going to happen? Uh, DRC gets worse. The other countries, they are dealing with refugees, problems, and it just becomes a mess. But once we understand that our, our issues and the things we do now not only impacts you as an individual or your own country or your own people, they impact the whole continent. And that's something we have to implement as a mindset change to the young people because we do want the, the young people when they get in power to have a different mindset than the people who are there right now but like you said we we, we are definitely celebrating we, we do realize there are people who are doing great work there are presidents who are who are definitely trying to, to advance african countries we are not even saying there's nothing good coming out of africa but like i always say uh, i focus on different aspects and how we can bring solutions to those to those aspects yeah but yeah, just to kind of round off, I wanted to ask you, uh, because we talked quite a bit a lot here, uh, in terms of the future outlook of African economies uh, compared to the rest of the world, as we are going into the fourth industrial revolution, where do you see Africa landing and how can we try and adjust and catch up with the rest of the world when it comes to this uh, fourth industrial revolution, so to speak? You know, Africa has got a bright future. I mean, it's the reason why I'm here. Definitely, yeah. But uh, the opportunities are huge. I mean, uh, you know, it's, it, it's easy. We don't produce uh, much. Uh, I don't like saying anything because there are a few things we produce, but we don't really produce much. And, 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 and I infrastructure still needs a lot of huge improvements. And so just focusing on those two areas will create a lot of jobs for our folks and ourselves, and that will create wealth, it will create opportunities, it will improve our communities, our continent. And so I'm very positive that even with the industrial, the fourth industrial revolution, you're seeing a lot of you know, positive moves in Kigali, in Nairobi, in Senegal, in, in Abidjan, in South Africa, you know, uh, you, you know, in Burundi, a lot of startups, a lot of online startups are coming up now at a slow pace. I'd like to see many more, uh, but still, there's still yeah, the, the so moving, movement picking up. Yeah. And, and, and so for me, in the next five years, 10 years of this continent will be so different. And I really hope that our leaders, would embark on the same journey as the young people of this continent and help create opportunities for them, create regulation that makes sense, you know, not have a law for the sake of having a law, but have a law that actually helps people, yeah, that helps people. in their life, you know. Yes, implement laws to impede or to limit you know, in some ways, development. I don't know how some of those laws. And, and there are some people who think that if you, we have a, some law in place, it, things must stay that way forever. No. Yeah. You know, you look at the U.S. If, you know, if a law is limiting their competitiveness in the world, no. Congress gets together and they, they repeal it and they put in place a new one that allows their people to thrive. And so I hope that even as young people, 
some from the diaspora come back to their countries and, and, and join hands with the, the ones that are there locally to create opportunities for themselves, set up these startup companies that will help them create wealth and, 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 and uplift their communities. I hope that governments and, and leaders will join in and create an enabling environment so that we can all push in the same direction and not you know, push in, in, opposite, in opposite directions. No, you're definitely spot on and because Africa has such a bright future because even the population, uh, the average age is so young that we have so many young people. And some, some, something that I always like to challenge myself and the rest of us as Africans is sometimes we don't even have to wait for the government, for the leaders to change things. They will catch up with us. We have to start creating, uh, as a private sector, start creating businesses, startups, such that the African leaders, they, are, they see that, okay, something is happening here. These people, they are now getting so much influence and they're now getting so much done that they feel under pressure to 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 be able to be to be able to you know what we have to accommodate what's going on here so this is this is really encouraging looking at the opportunity that africa and african uh, youth in particular have so i i do also definitely have great hopes for our continent and i do hope that the startups that are coming in because uh, young people are now able uh, aware of what's going on in our position in the world and they want to change uh, our position in the world especially with globalization and data it's so much easier now to get access to information and create content that goes out to the rest of the world no that's, that's yeah. awesome and just to kind of round off here uh, is there any projects that you are currently working on uh, that you would want our listeners to 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 know about and i will definitely include that in my show notes if there's something that they can get involved uh, that you are doing in the continent yeah, as I told you, I, I set up the organization Youth Club to help uh, uh, to help inspire that, that generation of, of leaders. You know, leaders that are ready to unite and, and inspire and help. You know, uplift communities. Leaders who are well informed, who understand where the world is going, and yeah. try to make sure we transform our reality so that we can compete with the world. Leaders who are enterprising and so when they learn and they take action leaders who are responsible so that when they've taken action they've succeeded that you know they they are they're ready to give back to make sure that they they they, they bring a lot a lot of people you know uh, with them as, as they as they move forward so yeah that's an initiative that i'm very proud of something that has made a very positive impact in the in, in burundi and so if anybody wants to be involved, I would be pleased to, you know, to, 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 to get them on board. You know, for, for some time, uh, I've tried to create the startup companies, uh, you know, and ultimately I believe that's what I will need to, to do in the future. Yeah. But, but for now, you know, personally, I'm, I'm working in a multinational company, as I mentioned. And I think that's important. It's important that I, I also develop my leadership skills in the front in the context of an established organization so that i understand how such organizations work and and, and i'm built and i think that in the in the long term will serve me well as i as i think about other ways to to serve this continent definitely no, that's, you, 
you are spot on there. I was going to say, uh, because sometimes you do need to gain those skills from the people who have done it. We have been there before. So that when you do you have your startup, you already have the technical know-how of how will I manage this business as it keeps expanding, right? So no, that's, that's spot on. So for, for our listeners, I'll definitely include uh, the organization in my show notes. You can check them out. They're a really great organization that's helping uh, the youth out in Burundi. And we definitely always like to listen and hear what you guys think. Uh, so thank you so much. Uh, for listening into this episode and thank you Salah for giving us your time today we really appreciate that and you can definitely check out the podcast when it comes out wherever you consume your content IRB, Spotify, Apple, Google Amazon podcast wherever you get that uh, you can definitely check us out uh, thank you for your time today and have a great one thank you same to you always a pleasure peace Thank you.